Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And that tog bite rolls on. Hey, you're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of February 4th and 5th. Yeah, man, the season's going to run to the 28th. Blackfish, man, they are chewing. White Lagers, Greenies even. They're even hitting some, you know, some uh, the shrimp, cooked shrimp. Man, the bite is on. Slower bite, but there's plenty of fish out there still. Again, four fish at 15 inches. White perch. Yep, now they are they are still going strong. Don't forget, now turkey applications are being accepted through February 22nd. That's 17 more days. Don't do it, Tom P. And wait, oh, man, it's past and hope, pray, go to church, do novenas for the over-the-counter sales that, that your turkey hunting area still has some some periods open. Probably not going to be happening. Squirrel, rabbit, coyote, and fox still going on. Also, the special uh, fox and coyote season. Light geese goes through the 15th of February. Limited is 25 birds. These are the snow geese and the light geese. They're blue-fronted goose the whole bit. The 16th starts the conservation order. It's a uh, permitting, $2 or something like that. Unplugged shotguns, electronic calls, no bag limits. Hopefully we have someone from Fish and Wildlife on, maybe Teddy Nichols, if we can track him down to give us uh, give us his perspectives on this upcoming conservation order season. Meanwhile, it started, I guess, last week. The uh, Tuckahoe boat ramp on Mosquito Landing Road and on the Tuckahoe Wildlife Management Area, it's closed for renovations. It's supposed to be uh, reopening probably sometime mid to late April, maybe early May, based on you know weather. You get, God forbid you get a coastal snowstorm or something. Renovations include a new cement ramp, replacement of the existing bulkhead, and installation of a floating dock. Yeah, man. I like the upgrade down there at Tuckahoe. Okay, man, we have a really jam show coming up. Is Bobby Urig from Mega Strike talking bass baits, talking some tactics, talking some products, and then following him is Scott Bach, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. Good news on the Second Amendment front, right to carry here in New Jersey. So grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Securing America. While visiting the Philippines Thursday, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced that the U.S. will be granted access to four more Filipino military bases as the U.S. looks to counter China's increasing military strength and its aggressive attitude towards Taiwan in particular and the Indo-Pacific region as a whole. We remain committed to strengthening our mutual capacities to resist armed attack. Austin says that the U.S. aim is very clear and that America stands with the Philippines. However, Austin says the move to give American troops greater access to Filipino facilities is not a step towards reestablishing permanent U.S. bases there. We will continue to, uh, uh, to work alongside our, our allies and train and uh, ensure that uh, we maintain uh, credible and ready forces. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. When you think of Cape May County Department of Health, don't just think of COVID-19 vaccines. They offer a wide variety of health services, such as screenings for cancer, sexually transmitted infections, blood pressure, cholesterol and diabetes, vaccinations for children and adults, and child health clinics to qualifying individuals. To learn more about Cape May County Department of Health and all of their services, such as free flu vaccine, call 609-465-1187 or visit cmchealth.net. 
Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, I know the freeze is on, but it's going to be in the 50s by early to the middle of next week. Let's go over the uh, South Jersey Bass Club Association Buddy Tournament schedule. And the first two tournaments coming up, March 5th to Sunday. It's at Sunset Lake, uh, sponsored by the Fourth Ward Bass Anglers. Time is 7-3, and uh, two weeks later on the 19th, also at Sunset Lake. That is a... It really recovered from way back when the you know the dam went loose, refilled it. Again, Sunday at Sunset Lake, again from 7 to 3, this time by the Line Stretchers Bass Club. I was going over our bass fishing stuff just the other night. Springtime's coming. Springtime's It's always jig time for us. I've been picking away at some bass. Uh, nothing big. You know, losing, using a little square bill crankbaits and uh, some jigs here. And I took out my pack. I said, man, i got to update these. These caught the... Uh, Snot at a bass for us over the years in the springtime. These are the Mega Strike Evolution J. Mega Strike, man, wait a second here. Wait a second here. Longtime man in the industry, former bass pro, plays all the heavy hitters. It's Bobby Urig right here in New Jersey, up there in Monmouth County of Freehold. Mega Strike. Did a little bit of investigating. I see Bobby the show here and there, especially these. Big shows. In fact, we're going to be talking to him. He's on uh, site there at the Harrisburg show at the Pennsylvania Show Complex. That's going to be running uh, today through February 12th. Uh, he has a booth right there, and he's going to be giving his kick-ass seminars. So, yeah, it's Bobby up there. I see him there at the hog trough. Finally had a chance to get him on Rack and Finn. Want to talk some products here. Best... It's never really bass is never really closed, man. Get these warming trends. These jigs are going to work. Called the Evolution Jigs and the Evo Two Jig also has a badass line of spinner baits, the Cavatron series or Buzz baits rather. But the spinner baits in particular is one the Apex. We're going to get to a little later on in the segment. Yeah, stripers. Yeah, okay. It's a musky. Does that mean a musky in Northern Pike? You know, big fish spinner bait. Never caught stripers on spinner baits. What's a striper but a bass? And we've been using these on and off over the years, and it's one of the best-kept secrets. If and when you know how to use them. He's on the line with us right now. Bobby Yurick, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, you're Good gonna, morning to everybody out there. You're going to have a crazy nine-day show out there, man. Isn't this like the biggest outdoor show in the world? The Harrisburg Hunting and Fishing Expo is absolutely insane, and... Don't take this the wrong way, people. When I go there, I leave my credit card in the truck because <laughs> anything to do with anything with hunting and fishing, let me tell you, it's there. It's seven buildings of just pure hunting and fishing expo and everything you can imagine is there. It's put on by the NRA and uh, there's, I mean, 225,000 people will come through the doors yep. in nine days. We've done that show for 11 years. Oh, by the last time I was at the show, shout out to Mo Man there. Me and Lovey Demer and the Mo Man, uh, Johnny Geese, a couple other people. I saw you up on the hog trough in the fishing room, but you were, you were I said, that's Yuri. You were way, you couldn't get near the place, people. You were way up there and you, you were giving one of your great summers. But Bobby, to these jigs right now, I'm going to be poking around with these things next week in some south and central Jersey waters. You have a patent pending on this Evolution jig head, man. Explain that, please. Well, what we did is I got to work with a gentleman named Tim Simos. Tim Simos is one of the world's most renowned underwater photographers. He's been a friend since we were playing a Little League 
and he is an environmental scientist from Stockton College. So Tim got into this underwater uh, video production and uh-huh. photography. We did all kinds of stuff for Bassmaster, In Fisherman, Bass West, Field and Stream. We did Gary Yamamoto's underwater photography for his catalog. Get out! And let me tell you something. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. So what happened was um, I got all certified diving and et cetera, and we used to go up to Round Valley. Round Valley, as you know, is one of the, the, the most beautiful lakes there is in New Jersey, actually anywhere in the country. Bob, I used to work, I used to work across the street at the fisheries lab right there in Lebanon, right down Cherry Street. <laughs> that little white building. There you go. They, they kept me locked in the basement. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if there's, I, I think the next state record bass is going to come out of Round Valley. What we would see down there, and one of the things, one of the beauties of that hog trough is it gives you a bird's eye view of what mm-hmm. the bass are doing under the water, how they relate to cover, how they relate to different things, and how they relate to lures. And Tim and I got to uh, see how these lures work underwater in their natural environment with the bass because the water was so clear we would take pictures. And what we noticed about jigs, if the, if the bass didn't hit the jig on its initial fall, okay, they would swim up. Actually, that jig would go onto the bottom and lay over on its side. And if it had a crawfish trailer or something else on the back of it, it would lay over on its side and it would look unnatural. It looked like it was dead. Yeah, you don't want so that. So what I did, no, they yeah. don't want that. <laughs> especially, especially in clear water. So what happened was I started to develop a jig. And what I did was I made a jig that will stand your baits up vertically every time. So it'll land on the bottom. It will... It will. It has a fulcrum on there. A fulcrum is a balancing point, a pivoting point with a um, a counterweight football head on it. So what it does is it hits the bottom. You can you can drag it along the bottom. It'll always stay upright, and it'll roll that bait forward into the natural defensive posture of the crayfish. There you go. And what we, what we did was um, we had a, we had issues with the old um, weed guards on there. They were either black, brown, or green pumpkin. So I always thought that was a little bit of a deterrent for the fish because it didn't look natural. So what I did, I was laying in bed one day and I was watching Al Bundy and I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of this. uh, (laughs) I'm trying to get rid of this weed guard. I was using rubber bands. I was using wires. I was using everything you could imagine. I smacked myself in the head and I said, fluorocarbon. I said, why not put a fluorocarbon weed guard on there? So I went out and I did that and uh, added a, a fluorocarbon weed guard to them. There you go. And what I did was I brought that I brought that lure to iCast and I I put it in the new product showcase. And out of every company in the world, my jig won best new uh, lure design for for that year. And, and listen, listen, let me let me let me let me interrupt just a second, Bobby. Listen, that's no small feat because you, you have some hardcore dealers that are basically the judges in there. Dealers, wholesalers, whatever. And let me tell you something, Eric. I've never seen any one of those people, all my eye cast, the best of show, I've never seen any of them smile. They're in like ah. No. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, that's a tough you talk about a tough crowd, hardcore, people. They will Yep, they they will judge your lures, they will critique everything about it. Everything. And what it is is everything. And what happens in, in our country and in our industry, there's no more innovation. There's no it's it's all a copycat world out there. Mm-hmm. And uh let me let me tell you 
you know, we have to start thinking on our own, you know, and I'm not going to get political here. One of the things about going overseas with stuff is, and it's a problem in our country is they steal our, you know, our, our, our technologies, they, they steal yep. our designs and, mm-hmm. and that's it. So what we need to do in this, in this industry and everybody out there, do it in your life. Do something different. Be different, or you're just another bait company. There you go. Bob, back to the Evo jig now. Uh, our spring, it's usually we're doing the finesse stuff. Uh, the, you have an Evo finesse jig, do you not? A series? Yes, we do. Yep, we have a lighter a lighter hook. We have a lighter weights on there. They have a, um, so I call it like a crop top haircut. Um, it's, half the, uh, it's half the bulk of a regular uh, jig skirt. So it's it's really really good for finesse. Um, what I find to put on there is almost like a grub or a worm mm-hmm. rather than a crawfish imitation. Uh, Bobby, another thing for springtime I like is the shaky head scene. Shaky heads rock. Listen, you use them right, and I'm no bass guy by any stretch of the imagination. If I'm catching fish with them, they work. By go into your uh, your shaky head design, please. Well, what I did it, when Tim and I were out uh, filming again. The, the the traditional shaky head was developed in Japan to catch finicky clear uh, finicky bass in clear deep water environments. Now over in Japan, you think our lakes are pressured here in in New Jersey? Yeah. Over in Japan, you can go to a little lake and there'll be three hundred boats on there. I mean, you think Astapink and all those <laughs> yeah. lakes get counted? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they they'd have a hundred boats on 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 something like Astapink over in Japan. So. What we did was when we were filming, we would watch we would watch the shaky heads. Okay, first I'll get into the, the true shaky head technique. And what it is is that the anglers, because of the bass being so pressured, they would move offshore. And when they would move offshore, the anglers would go out into that deep water, find them on their graphs, take a, a, a jig. A shaky head is nothing more than a, a ball head jig with a 60 or 90 degree bend in the hook eye. Yep. They would put a small finesse bait style on there, drop it down to the fish and just jig it to them. You know, just uh, horizontally present that bait to the fish. But when it came over to uh, with the Japanese uh, anglers to California, they would fish it that way, but they would say, oh, I caught him on a shaky head. So from there, the uh, United States anglers, they would use these uh, shaky heads, but they would fish them on the bottom. So uh, they would say, oh, I caught it on a shaky head. But that was not the true shaky head technique. So from there, what happened was Tim and I, we would, out, we would be out there and we'd be uh, filming. These baits with these shaky heads would go down into the muck, you know, down into the silt and sediment yep. on the bottom of the lake. And we're trying to take pictures of them. And we can't even see them where they're, you know, they're laying down in that muck. And we're going, I said, you know, we can't even take a picture of this thing because it's lost. So what I did was I said, hey, why don't I take the technology from the evolution jig, morph it into a shaky head so that it will stand that bait up on the bottom. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what bait it is. You can drop that thing down on the bottom and it will stand that bait up vertically. Now we sell a hundred thousand packs of these a year right and it is absolutely incredible so bassmaster got a hold of this and not many lures make it on the cover of bassmaster and that shaky head made it on the cover of bassmaster 
And uh, they did a big article on that and the shaky head fishing. They asked me, you know, uh, different opinions on how to work it. And it was. Uh, there you go. It's, it's been a success. Yeah, Joe Sander Rack on Fin Line this morning is Bobby Urig. He is at the what we just call the Harrisburg Show. It's at the Pennsylvania Farm Show and Complex in Harrisburg. You're gonna see it's a nine-day show. You're getting a chance to get out there. It's something like you've never seen before. The fishing room is huge. You'll see Bobby up there. His booth is right here. He's gonna be giving us uh, some seminars. Bob, we're up against a hard break, but you have a couple of minutes I want to talk about, especially apropos for here. The Saltwater Pro Series Shaky Head and the Saltwater Wide Gap Shaky Heads. And they come in sizes from 8th ounce to 1.5 ounces. Bobby, now you do a lot of striper fishing. I know you races with weak fishing. You've done the redfish and all that. Along the, the central and south Jersey coast, using these shaky heads, what colors and what baits, because you have a full line of plastic baits, would you use down here? One of the hot, and please, this is not about pushing product. One of the baits I developed is the Mega Shad. It's a nine-inch Mega Shad, and it is perfect. I mean, we sell we sell thirty thousand of these every spring, thirty thousand every fall, and it targets it targets the stripers. I, it is it has it's made out of a really really unique soft um, plastisol. My plastisol that I use, we pour all of our own baits. Um, our plastisol is the best there is. It's so pure. It's super soft. You get the action out of it. But using it on these shaky heads. So what I did was when we were using these shaky heads, um, you know, for fresh water, you know, I was fishing with a bunch of guys and I was using the, uh, the, the three-quarter ounce ones. So mm-hmm. I sat there and we were going, you know, in the boats and offshore and fishing the rivers and stuff for stripers. And I said, well, why don't I just make it bigger? And, you know, we use a real, we use, they're all custom made hooks. Yep. They're any, they're, they're, they're all the way up to three ounces right now. Oh. So we're, we just came out with the three ounce one and, and we're using them the same way. You can swim them. It has a really unique, um, wobbling action to them. It has a real unique wobble action to them, uh, like a reverse crankbait. But again, as it, if it stands on the, um, if it lands on the bottom, it is going to stand that bait up. And especially we make a, like a, a sand deal color one, uh, a striper bait, and it will stand those uh, sand deal uh, mega shads up. And let me tell you, when we go to shows, we blow them out. I'm That's telling it. you, we, we sell thousands upon thousands of them because you know what? It's not a gimmick. It's functional and it works. And that's what that's what catches the fishermen. There's a lot of gimmicks out there. There's a lot of different (laughs) colors out there. Those are designed to catch fishermen. Our lures are designed to catch fish. I know you have it. And listen, it's, and again, we've caught fishermen. It's, it comes in white and it comes in the smoke shed. Hey, Bob, we're up against a hard break. Hang in. People grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back with Bobby Urig, mega strike. Be right back. Rack and fin radio. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
Here we go, look out below. You're back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We got a very February 4th and 5th. Happy Groundhog Day. A little belated on here. To me, it's the March of Spring. I know it's free today. Hey, it's going to be in the 50s and the 60s next week, and we are going to be hitting some bass ponds and some little uh, little creeks where we have some bass. Join us online is Bobby Urick, owner, president, head muckety muck, whatever you want to call it, Mega Strike. Bates, he is based up here in Fairfield in uh, Monmouth County, Jersey boy, been around for years and years and years. The country's been around, I think, since 2001. Bobby's a professional tournament trail. Um, we have a, a couple of professors that we know uh, have in common uh, over the years working with. One is, hey, he's still around there, man. <laughs> he is just going crazy. Hey, Bobby, you speak to Roland Martin lately? How's Roland? <laughs> Roland is going to be 83 years old in March. Let me tell you, excuse my language, I'm telling you, I've known him for 23 years. I've been on his TV show four times as a guest. I've fished tournaments with him. He is an American badass, period. That guy is the first guy up. He's the first guy on the water, and he's the last guy to leave. Absolutely incredible man right there. Even at 83, and, I would not want to get a right cross from him. Ho! Oh. <laughs> let, 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 let me tell you something. That guy right there, bass fishing would not be bass fishing if it wasn't for Roland Martin. Absolutely. Period. The end. The greatest angler, the most innovative guy of all time in the way of bass fishing. He is absolutely a great guy. You know, you'll hear a lot of stories about Roland. Roland is, that guy is a comedian. He is funny as can be. He's fun to be with, and I have a great time. I'll tell you, at so, the classics, I've, I've seen him have people in stitches in the aisles, man. They be rolling. Rolling, Adam, rolling. Well, Bobby, let's get uh, to one thing here. Before before we get to the Cavatron uh, buzzbait, listeners, we just, oh, murder him this summer. It's early fall with this. Bob, you have a unique uh, spinnerbait. You call it the strike back spinnerbait with a free swinging hook, 180 degree of movement. Go into that. That's a badass. Uh, so it all comes back to, to watching the bass underwater. And what we noticed is when bass attack spinnerbaits about 90% of the time they strike them from side angles. Bass are ambush predators. 10% of the time they come straight behind it and catch up to it. So what happens with that is when an angler throws out a spinnerbait, he's just cranking. I mean, we, when we go out spinnerbait fishing, you'll, you'll make a thousand casts. So a lot of the times you just throw it out and you wind it in. So what, what we noticed was when the angler is throwing out a spinnerbait, he's reeling it in. Equal water pressure down both sides of the bait want to keep it nice and straight, okay? It's just simple hydrodynamics. But when those bass would attack from side angles, they, they would actually, when they inhale, they are, they're very powerful, they would suck that spinnerbait sideways into their mouth, wow. okay? But what happens is that spinnerbait wants to stay straight. When it's sideways, that causes drag and resistance, um, it wants to stay straight. So in reality, when in slow motion, you're actually pulling the bait away from the bass. Now, if that bass isn't really aggressive or that water's dirty, he'll suck that bait in sideways, but he'll hit the blade or, or the side of the bait. There you know, you it's called a yep. short strike. So, so what I did is I, when we were watching a video taken apart frame by frame by frame by frame, what I did was I designed that bait 
that have a free swinging hook in the back. And now the back of it's weighted. I don't want it flapping all around. You have to have some kind of balance to that back to keep it nice and straight. Mm-hmm. So what happens if it, if it was free swinging, it would get hooked on logs and weeds and everything else. So you want it to be uh, weighted in the back to give it um, like, like um, uh, some weight and balance to the back to right. keep it straight. But when the bass would inhale that bait, it only took half the energy to suck the hook end into the bass's mouth. Okay. And the, the rest of the body stays straight. Then, then the angler feels the, 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 the bass hit the bait. He sets the hook. And the number one reason we lose bass on solid body spinnerbaits, especially smallmouth, we're fishing a lot of smallmouth now. Right. Um, so what happens is, uh, the number one reason we lose bass on solid body spinnerbaits is when they jump and flail around. They have all that leverage to throw that bait because of the weight of the um, the, the blades and the bait itself. With my spinnerbait, that fish can shake as much as he wants. Everything forward of that joint stays stationary. Right. He doesn't have the leverage to throw that bait like all of the other spinnerbaits that are out there. Totally, totally, totally unique and different and all of right. our products are made right here in the USA. We do nothing overseas. We're Americans. We keep our money here. We hire Americans. And that's what I pride yeah. myself is the quality of our products. Bobby, you have, you have very, it's a very unique design, I guess. Again, I've never seen the swing hook. Now, Bobby, I notice you have, um, there's, they come in three-eighths, three-quarter. You have a willow leaf for Indiana uh, blade with a Colorado. And you have a double Colorado, three-eighths to, to uh, three-quarters and 11 colors. Bob, when would you use the Willow Colorado, and when would you use the Double Colorado? The, the Double Colorado is when I want a lot of vibration to it, okay? When you're using a Double Colorado, it's just cupping more water. Um, it, it also has a, a good amount of flash to it. So if you want a lot of vibration, especially in dirty water, now remember this, in the springtime, there's a lot of runoff, so the water right. is usually dirty in the springtime. It's murky, so you want to get as much vibration as you can. And use a, um, if you're fishing dirty water, use like a chartreuse or a chartreuse in white or a white color. So if the water's um, clearer, you go to the more natural colors like the, the ghost minnow, the shad types, uh, right. t- shad type colors. But if the water is clearer, Okay, that's when you want to use a, uh, uh, a combination of the willow and the small, what we call a little beater blade underneath. It's that little little blade, uh, the secondary blade there. Right. And with a with a uh, the secondary blade, that little beater blade, that gives the blade a, a good amount of vibration. But the willow leaf is going to give you a lot of flash. It's flash, also going to yeah. give you vibration. And if that water's, um, you know, a little bit clearer, what we call stained water to clear water, you know, you can see down two feet, that's the bait you want. If it's under two feet of water of uh, uh, clarity, then you want to go to that double Colorado. Yeah, just on a rack of in line this morning is Bobby Urig. He is a former professional uh, bass fisherman, uh, owner of Mega Strike uh, Lure Company, right here in Jersey. Great products. Uh, we've been using them. Uh, Bobby, two, before we get... To the Cavatron, which you, you announced as the, the slowest buzz bait. Just a minute or two, Bobby, on using these Apex spinner baits, what we've used for pike and muskies, on stripers, because they do work, my brother. <laughs> Let me tell you, a, a bass is a bass is, <laughs> is a bass. Is a bass? Okay. 
we've gone up the Hudson River doing bass tournaments, and we're catching stripers on spinnerbaits, regular regular bass spinnerbaits. I'm going, like, what the heck am I doing here? So we go up there, and what I did was I started making that um, the Apex spinnerbait. Now, the Apex spinnerbait comes in a one-and-a-half and, and two-ounce. It's got a huge arm on it the best stainless steel money can buy as the arms. It's not that cheap stuff. It's not going to fall apart and get bent up and right. then destroyed. So what I did was I started using these. We were selling them uh, all up in the northern states for pike and muskie all over Europe and in Canada. So I said, one day I went out and I said, heck, striper's a striper, a bass is a bass. Uh, they're, they're, they're in the same family there. I said, let me go out into the ocean and into the rivers. I'm going to take one of these apex spinnerbaits. I took my, you know, my eight-foot rod, started whipping these things out there, and I'm catching stripers. Now, it comes with a number seven willow leaf blade on there, and it comes with a real big, that, uh, that beater blade. Uh-huh. It comes with, a, like, a number five on there. It's, it's huge. So this thing is thumping. It's, it's about the, that one uh, blade on top, that number seven is about four and a half inches long, almost five inches long. So it's, it's, it's a, got a real bait fish look to it, and it's got that swinging head. I'm out there catching stripers. These guys are looking at me going, what the <laughs> heck is this idiot doing? And I'm smoking them. Right. I'm right. freaking smoking them. And what's happening is I'm catching them, and they're looking, and they're going, you're using a spinnerbait. I'm using a huge spinnerbait for them. It's not an inline spinner. Remember that. Right. It's it's a just a giant oversized spinnerbait. And let me tell you, it's you can cast that thing a country mile. Right. And what I do also is I will put a trailer on there. I put a trailer keeper on the back of there. And I'm throwing those nine-inch shads on the back of that as well to give it even more bulk. Because some of the stripers we're catching on these things, you know, they're thirty-pound stripers. Sure. Yeah. So they want they want a big bait. They want they, a big bait when that when the bunker and everything is out there. Mm-hmm. They want a mouthful, and that bait is is absolutely phenomenal for catching stripers as well as pike and muskie. So it's something different. Again, do something different. Do do something different. Show them something different than they're you know that everybody that everybody is else is throwing. Mm-hmm. Be different and be unique, and that's how you're going to catch more fish. Which brings us to this Cavatron spinnerbait. Listen, you can't fish this slow enough that whatever whatever design you have on this blade, Bob, you look at it and it just turns. It's just it's 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 smooth as can be. Makes a lot of noise, and Bob, this is a it's a, like in a constant rotation thing. <laughs> the, the the Cavatron buzzbait is the number one buzzbait out there amongst tournament anglers. It's been around over 25 years. This buzzbait right here is is the best of the best. And, you know, again, I'm not here to push product. It's just so different because we were the first to create the, it's, um, it's like an oxbow bend, what we call an oxbow bend. The wire is bent down a little bit. It has a little right. bend in there right. to, to make it run uh, or ride a little bit lower in the water. And what we notice is when you have a straight-shanked buzzbait, you know, one that's all the way straight, it rides a little too close to the surface, the body of it, the hook part of it, the head part of it. Right. So what happens from there is when a bass comes up and hits a surface lure, it'll suck in more air than water. And what happens from that is when the bass grabs that bait, it opens its mouth for a split second to blow that air out, and, and that's when 99% of us fishermen set the hook. Mm-hmm. We don't feel them first. 
We always react to that strike. Right. And when you react to that strike without feeling them first, that, you know, you set the hook, that buzz bait comes flying back at you at 100 miles an hour and say, man, I missed that fish. So what happened was we lowered that, we made that bend in the wire so it, it runs about an inch lower in the water, you know, three quarters of an inch lower. So now they're sucking more water than air. They're creating more of a vacuum. They're hitting it more like a spinnerbait. And what happens is now they suck it in and they just go deep. And, uh, you know, they grab that got bait it. and go deep. And then you set the hook and their hookup ratio em. is incredible. You got the it. The blade, we <laughs> yep. have a real unique design on that blade. Um, it squeals right out of the package. We treat our um, wires um, so that it's it's abrasive. It, 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 it makes that nice squealy sound we love out of buzz baits. Years ago, remember, we used to hang our buzz baits on, on our car antennas or truck antennas down the road. We used right. to tie them up so it would break that thing in and we get that nice squeal. We do that for you. It squeals right out of the package. Okay, Bob, and, let's, let's, you know, uh, let's, let's, the Cavatron, let's just uh, check out the Cavatron. We'll give you the, the website. But, uh, Bob, I'm going to heartbreak, but one of the things that you're really known for, Mega Strike, is, and there's a lot of stuff out there, people, but this stuff works and it comes in four or five varieties. The Mega Strike Fish Attracting, Bob, when it's just been a tough bite, tough bite, tough ass bite, little dabble do you, man. This thing is a little uh, dabble do you. And I'm, I'm, we're big fans of the garlic, huge fans of the garlic. What it is about that scent and that, that or whatever hell you call it, garlic is vegetable bulb, whatever, it just drives fish back. It's a tiebreaker a lot of the times. You're like a tiebreaker. Exactly. You know, um, how we started to develop this, I spent time with an ichthyologist, fisheries biologist, environmental scientist, a chemist, a rheologist. And what we found was we did a lot of research. And what we found were the amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So I broke down the proteins and started getting into the amino acids and all of the other, not all of them, a lot of the other fish attractants that have been around since the 60s and 70s, they're oil-based. A, a fish cannot smell nor can it taste oil, oil. period. Just right. The, it, correct. And what happens from there is the molecules on a molecular level, they, they coagulate together. They stick together. A, a chemoreceptor is a taste bud of a fish. The olfactory glands are the, um, the, the receptors in the nose of the fish. So if that oil is coagulating, it doesn't fit into the receptor, and it basically goes undetected by the fish. It's a proven fact. Dr. Keith Jones from uh, Berkeley, Berkeley has proven that. Yep, and, and, and Berkeley makes great products. I'm not yep. going to put down any product. So what happens is um, the amino acids are water-soluble. It's in a carrier. It's a gel. And when these amino acids go into the water and they dissipate, it stimulates the cilla, which are the nerve endings in the uh, in the receptors. Mm -hmm. So you put this on your baits. It tricks the fish into believing whatever it's eating is real, and they swallow it. It's it's is it rocket it's science? Just, no, yeah. it's, it's it's just it's just science. It's, so and it works, man. <laughs> we've sold we've sold hundreds of thousands of tubes of Mega Strike, and you talk about Roland Martin. Roland Martin was really? the, the, the worst believer in, in attractants and everything yep. else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until he started using yeah. our product. And he said, Bobby, he goes, son, 
He goes, you got that's that son. That's Roland. <laughs> and that's how I actually, I met Roland through that. I actually uh, fished um, uh, some Bassmaster tournament with his manager. His name is Walt Reynolds, one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. And he said, Roland, you got to see what this boy is doing. <laughs> and uh, so we started doing that. And he's a firm believer in it. He uses it. You can see it on his TV show. And like I said, we we guarantee our products. You don't like them for any reason, and we don't care the reason. You call us up. We have a number on our, everything we make. You don't like it. We'll give you your money back. No questions asked. No company in the country, in the world, that I know of that does that. Okay, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, I have across-the-board winning products here. Listen, you want to catch bass this spring? Try it. This isn't a this isn't plug endorsement. I just it just the stuff just works. It it just works. Bobby, give that website or Instagram where people find more right here in Jersey. Be right Fairfield, or I'm sorry, <laughs> it's Fairfield Avenue, it, right there it, in Freehold, Freehold, Monmouth County. I think a Fairfield Road up there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's right right here in Jersey. Some some great stuff. Bobby, give that uh, website, phone number. What do you got? Okay, www.megastrike.com. But if you really want to see us and see our products firsthand, get out to that uh, Harrisburg Hunting and Fishing Expo. It is absolutely insane out there. Like I said, 225,000 people will come through the doors. You want to see all the latest fishing products with us and other companies, Come on out, bring the family. It's a great time. I promise you, you'll have a blast. Well, we're planning on either next Wednesday or Thursday. We shall see. Bobby, you're travel safely. Uh, God spares. We'll see you out there, man. You got it, buddy. Thank you, and God bless everybody. Take care. Yeah, the stuff does work. That Cavatron, that Cavatron buzz bait. Uh, and it's, it's, this isn't, this isn't like pushing prod. It's the stuff that works, especially down in the spring, stuff that works, those Evo jigs. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, man, grab that cup, grab that Rebel. Be right back. Raganfin Radio. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. News. I'm Carmen Roberts. The Pentagon confirms a second Chinese spy balloon, this one over Latin America. Meantime, pressure is building for the White House to take action. Montana GOP Governor Greg Gianforte tells Fox News. If it was up to Montanans, uh, this thing would have been taken out of the sky the moment it entered our sovereign airspace. The Pentagon not buying China's explanation that the balloons are weather observatories gone off course. People in New England urged to stay inside as a vo polar vortex grips the region and some wind chills drop off the charts. With these cold temperatures and, and extreme winds, the wind chill on Mount Washington has been below minus 100 for several hours with the coldest wind chill reading coming in at minus 108 degrees. Meteorologist Derek Schroeder with the National Weather Service. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Blustery and bitterly cold overnight under a clear sky below 11 the wind, though, will make it feel like it's between 5 and 15 below zero. Saturday, still quite cold with plenty of sun. The wind will begin to subside in the afternoon, high 28. A few clouds Saturday night, temperatures steady or slowly rising. Much milder Sunday with clouds and sun, high 49. I'm AccuWeather's Kara Babinski on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Good news keeps... Um Trickling in a little more uh, a trickle here on the killer carry law. 
Remember, our illustrious governor and his legislators on the Democrat side of the aisle pushed through a bunch of stuff to, you know, we, with the Broom decision, right to carry. Well, they made it almost impossible to carry anywhere, anyhow, any place, anytime. Well, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs and other groups uh, took them to court. And hey, guess what? The Second Amendment lives. Join us on the line with all the legalese. I'm looking at this and my, my, my head's just exploding. Is Scott Bach. He is the executive director, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. He also, a New Jersey member, sits on the board of the National Rifle Association. Fairly frequent guest on Rack and Fin Radio. Unfortunately, he's always under not good times. This time we have some good news counselor. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, brother? Hey, Tom, it's great to be back, and it's a new day in New Jersey, and that new day is not turning back. We are in a new era. Yes! The Bruin decision marked a a brand new era, and we're going to keep winning because the the fight has already been won. What we're dealing with right now is a bunch of uh, basically baby legislators who refuse to accept it. You know, the the new carry killer law is essentially – a big middle finger to the U.S. Supreme Court from the New Jersey right. legislature on the on the Bruin case, yep. and it, you know it's not even close to uh, to complying with Bruin. It's flagrantly it's like you said it blocks carry everywhere. Since they're forced to issue permits now, they're trying to change what it means to have a permit, and they have of course overplayed their hand. They block carry everywhere, and right. it's now blowing up in their faces. Okay, not only that, but when we do win the day and we will win the day permanently, the state's going to pay our our very substantial legal costs because in this kind of a case, in this kind of a case, they're going to pay for their um, recalcitrance and their their babiness, Okay, for lack of a better word, their infantile attitude. So so what's going on is um, last week. There's these two cases, and I don't, I'm not going to get into the detail of the interplay between them, but, but one was brought by uh, a, a set of other gun groups. It's a narrower set of claims mm-hmm. that challenge the new, the new law. The ANJRPC brought a larger case because we think we've already won the fight, so we no longer need to pick and choose our battles. This is a question of enforcement right. of the Bruin case. So we basically threw in the kitchen sink. And in both cases, there's now a temporary restraining order from the court, basically halting giant swaths of these new prohibitions on carry. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult to get a temporary restraining order. There, there's three levels of injunctions in a case like this. One is a temporary restraining order, one's a preliminary injunction, and one's a permanent injunction. And that, that's how the continuum of the case goes. Very rarely is the temporary restraining order issued. The temporary restraining order says, Judge, it's going to take two months to figure out a preliminary injunction. We don't have two months. The the um, damage is so severe that we need relief now. Between, before okay. you can even take a more detailed look on preliminary injunction, we need something in place immediately. And that's what the temporary restraining order is. And there, now there's two of them. Oof basically halted giant swaths of this new law. They're they're absolutely uh, ineffective um, for so long as the temporary restraining order lasts. So, for example, you know, under the new law, you couldn't carry in your car. (laughs) Now you can. 
<laughs> which is absurd. Okay, I mean, just think about this. And, and obviously, the thinking behind that is, you know, we're all a bunch of road rage, uh, right. you know, out of control road ragers, ready to explode at any second. Because obviously, people can't control their emotions if they, you know, if there's an aggressive driver. Okay, but but you can carry yeah. your vehicle. You can carry on private property, like. For example, most people don't think of a mall as private property, but it is. It has owners, even though it's a quasi-public thing. Um, bars and restaurants where alcohol is served. Now, just first of all, New Jersey really botched this in their in their uh, whole approach. They they put in a ban in in uh, bars and restaurants where alcohol is served, which is insane in most states that have carry prohibitions. They they exist when you consume alcohol. <laughs> okay, right. so you know it's it's not unreasonable to say, hey, if you're going to a bar and you're drinking, maybe you know, and your your uh, motor skills are impaired, you maybe you shouldn't be carrying. Okay, that's that's a topic for another day. But sure. it doesn't matter whether you're drinking or not under New Jersey's law. It was just prohibited. If you happen to be there, if you're having, you know, a steak yep. in in a place that happens to serve alcohol and you're not drinking it, it's still prohibited there, which is, you know, an overreach on the state's part and not unintended. But but now, believe it or not, you can carry in a bar or restaurant where alcohol is served. Mm-hmm. Entertainment facilities, public beaches, other recreational facilities, state park, uh, park service property, casinos. <laughs> okay, you can carry in a casino. Right. Now and uh, and so on. So um, in, in any event, uh, this is huge news. But but people need to get ready for more because the Bruin case is about a lot more than just carry. It sets mm-hmm. the bar for for analysis of all legislation, all laws that that impact the Second Amendment. And you know we're going to start winning more, uh, much more. Um, and, uh, so it's a new day. We've been, you know, preparing for this day for 20 years. Okay. Our lawsuit is very expensive. People can be a part of it and contribute if they want. They can go to anjrpc.org. Uh, but you know, we've been saving our pennies for, for just, you know, this moment. Okay. You know, we're, we're armed and ready. We're, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at them and they're losing. Okay. And imagine these people who for decades have just lorded it over us. They have exactly just right. mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, they haven't been our servants. They've been our masters. Okay, done. let's just talk real, okay? These are not, you know, servants of the people. These are masters of the people. Mm-hmm. And they're not used to being told no. They're not being used, they're not used to not being the highest authority. And they're not. They're screaming you know, and screaming their- and stamping their feet. Well, I mean, bluntly, we've handed them their asses, and mm-hmm. they are basically <laughs> defiant little children shaking their fists, saying, "Oh yeah, well, take some more." Well, wh- where does that end? That's going to blow up right in their faces. It already yeah. has. This is just phase one of the blow up. Has, you know, and um, and they're paying for it. They're going to wind up paying every dime of our legal fees down the road. So it's, it's a new day and it's a, you know, let's get used to winning. We're going to be seeing this a lot more. Uh, Counselor was a, it was a long time in coming. Uh, No offense. You're a great guy, but it was always like depressing after I got off the phone with you (laughs) after doing a radio (laughs) show. It was always bad. It was just on the line is Scott Box. He's the executive director association, New Jersey rifle and pistol clubs also sits on the board of the uh, national rifle association. He's a Jersey member. Well, 
Counselor, if you can clarify one thing, too, though, a little confusion here on the schools. What about if you're taking in a school, but you're taking a class, you're not in a school, you know, school per se. Is there any clarification on that? that no, that, that has will be more clarified on the preliminary injunction. Um, you know, there's also an issue regarding schools and playgrounds. There's a prohibition right. on playgrounds and a playground could be could be in a school or out of a school. Um, that let's save that for the preliminary injunction phase. Let's save okay. that for, you know, March. In March, we should have answers on that. We, by the way, this is far from over. And the preliminary injunction, the TRO we just got, is probably going to change in March. Okay, I predict it will be expanded some. Mm-hmm. This is just what the judge was willing to do right out of the starting gate, That you know, that was just so over-the-top, egregious, outrageous, you know, that we couldn't tolerate another minute of it, that she's like, okay, we're going to do this now. Again, extremely rare, extremely unusual for a judge to do that. Usually, you know, you have to wait a couple of months and, you know, to find out. But now we get to hit uh, other issues that were not like immediate hair on fire issues. Okay. And, and you know, what, what people should expect is whichever way it goes. I mean, the, the, you know, there's like 100 issues in this case. You know, we're going to win most of them. We might lose some of them. Um, there's going to be appeals either way. If the state loses, sure. they're probably going to appeal. If we lose on one or two, we're probably going to appeal because, like I said, this isn't a novel case. We've already won this in Bruin. The rule has been set. The bar has been set. So okay. there's no reason, there's no risk in taking it to the max. And, in, in fact, even if we lose at the lower court level, even if we lose at the middle court level, we know what the Supreme Court's going to do because they issued the Bruin decision. So there's, it's a no-lose-only-win right. scenario for us. And, uh, you know, listen, what New Jersey is doing is not unprecedented. Okay, the last time stuff like this happened was like uh, the, the civil rights laws, the integration laws of the 1950s, Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. You know, there were states in the South that, that for 10 years – thumb their nose at the Supreme Court's ruling. It it took that long to percolate. And I don't think this is going to take that long to percolate. I mean, for goodness sake, Jersey judges are, are you know, you know mm-hmm. dropping the hammer, you know, because yeah. Bruin is clear. Well, Scott, Bruin let me, is let me, clear. Let me we win. Wasn't it, I, I heard it somewhere, read it somewhere, that basically uh, one of the judges the judge said, like, New Jersey, get your bleep together. In other words, you're admonished that, you know, the... the, the the Murphy administration yes. that thought it was going to be a slam dunk, and like you said, got got their asses handed to them. Yeah, well, listen, Bruin's very simple. Bruin, the Bruin case says that if there's no historical restriction of that kind of a thing, that you can't restrict it now. There has to have been a you know from the 17 and 1800s exactly. a restriction, historical restriction of that has to you know will be recognized. But there is no historical restriction. Jersey didn't even attempt. To meet that standard, and that's what the judge was saying. The judge was saying, "You didn't even attempt to meet the standard right. of Bruin. You just like shoved your your left wing, you know, globalist policy, you know, down the throat." And listen, the more impudent they are, the more arrogant, you know, the more it's going to blow up in their faces. Listen, this law is going down in flames. It's not even a close call. It's so over the top, crazy defiant, childish, it's, it's, you know, they don't respect the rule of law. I mean, we, we have seen 
who these people really are. Exactly. They're tyrants and dictators, and when they don't get their way, they have a temper tantrum, and that's exactly what this is. It's a temper tantrum. Scott Bach, Executive Director, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, member of the NRA board. Thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Radio with good news. Good news from yeah. Counselor Scott Bach, finally. <laughs> get ready for more. <laughs> thanks for all the great work, you and the organization. That's been tireless. You've been a couple of times I shrugged my shoulders. And, Man, these guys are beating their heads against the wall, it seems. And you're right. You said, Tom P., give it time. You said that on air. Tom P., give it time. And, Scott, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, congratulations to us all. This is only the yep. beginning. It's 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 a new day. Okay, give that website, Facebook. What do you got, Scott? It is anjrpc.org, anjrpc.org. Scott Bach, your rule. Again, congratulations. Good luck. We'll see you soon, man. Thanks so much. Take, Take care. Easy. Scott Bach. Great man, great man, great organization. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. This is House Call for Health. The World Health Organization reminding everyone this week, COVID-19 remains a public health emergency. WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. The committee has advised me that, in its view, COVID-19 remains a global health emergency, and I agree. As we enter the fourth year of the pandemic, there is no doubt we're in a far better situation now than we have, we were a year ago when the Omicron wave was at its peak. The group recommends countries should keep vaccinating people and incorporate COVID-19 shots into routine care, as well as improving disease surveillance and maintaining a strong health care system to avoid a panic-neglect cycle. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, Elisa Brady, Fox News. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes. No matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That'll do for this week on a Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Uh, just in closing, I had a call from Craig Lemon. He is the superintendent of the Hackettstown Hatcher up there in Warren County. A longtime mutual acquaintance, friend, comrade when I was at the Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries, Ray Peretsky from Fish and Wildlife, passed away just the other day. And uh, really, really struck home. Ray and I go back a long time. We were working together for a couple of years at the Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries Lab up there at Round Valley Reservoir in Lebanon. And Ray was a tenacious hunter, tenacious angler, all-around good guy. His, his nickname, he was from Atco. His nickname was Pinecone. And eventually he came to Kono because he, was, he never saw mountains before. And we had electroshocking surveys up, for example, at Delaware Water Gap, parts of Sussex County, Warren County, mountains, rocks. But he was 
freaking out, especially we had the uh, portable electric backpack, uh, electroshocking backpack on him. But he was always, always the optimist. And one tenacious son of a... This one rooster, this one cockbird pheasant in the orchard there on his public property on the, uh, the Lebanon lab was real thick, tortured Ray. We'd hear him something. Ray and I were in there, were busting brush. Ray missed a shot once. I didn't even get the, get the uh, Ithaca up. And I had his voice down sort of at, I'm going to get him. My nickname at the time was Whoop. I'm going to get him. Whoop. I'm going to get him. So, yeah, man, Ray, how do you get through this stuff? So we, every morning, we, we, we would meet mornings in November, early December, before work, and try to get this bird. He would laugh at us. Well, it was the Friday before the Monday of opening shotgun. Back then it was shotgun week, buck week. And I was coming down a long hill at a lab. And I was all excited because I was going to, you know, my deer, back then you had the deer check stage. I was going to get my deer checking assignment. And I look over to the right. I see this orange hat, just all akimbo. And this guy, I said, is that, is that Perutsky? Is that Kono? He comes out, looked like he went through a meat grinder between that little swamp in there, apple orchard and bull briars, cat briars, whatever you want to call them. He looked like he went again through a meat grinder. Faces all scratched, blood everywhere. I got him. Whoop, I got him. Holds up this cockbird. That tail, I think we measured was 32 inches, 32 inches. It's just an old-time rooster. I'll tell you, Tenacious Ray, we called him after that. He said he was going to get that bird, and he did. Well, Ray, brother, little brother, we'll see you on the other side. Just with old Kathy. Kathy, our condolences. Ray was just a great guy. Knew him for a long time. And uh, comes to us all. See you on the other side, little brother. You take care. See you next week, Rack and Fin Radio.